Amen. So we are still in 2 Timothy. We are plotting our way uh, through this uh, amazing letter. So we are actually halfway through um, chapter three. Um, we're going to do um, next week and then the following week, and that'll be the end. So we are in the home stretch of this teaching on um, on Second Timothy. I have thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, have y'all enjoyed? This is hard. I don't ask that question because no, I don't like it. No, I'm just kidding. I know. Just going through scripture. What's great about scripture is you just read it; it speaks for itself. Amen. But that many times when people get up there and preach it, you're going, oh, I don't know if I believe that, Pastor. But when you read the scriptures, it's like, oh, okay, um, all right. So we're just going to have to, you know, abide by those things. Amen? So um, uh, so, so last week, um, we talked about and, and, um, a little bit of a, a challenging message. Um, that there would be, we talked about there, there's going to be hard times that are going to come. In chapter 3, we talked about there's, there's hard times coming. But we also said it wasn't going to be like ethereal hard times. But Paul tells Timothy, there's, there's going to be hard times because of these characteristics of things that are going to happen. These characteristics of people, um, it says that people, like for instance, it says people, it says hard times will come for people will be lovers of, um, of themselves. How many of you know being a, a, a culture of loving yourself creates hard times? Amen. That, that uh, people who are lovers of money, that causes problems and hard times. Um, slanderers, people who are slanderers, it, it causes hard times. Amen. Unloving, it said. So many times we think of the, the last days or uh, times or the last, the last days and things are going to be hard. We think of it on an ethereal level and like just, just some weird aura in the atmosphere is going to change. It's going to be really difficult. Well, Paul's really careful to say it's going to be like this. And these things are what's going to be causing the hard times. Amen. And so, um, and so we talked about that. Um, and it's really a continuation. What Paul's really saying is it's, it's really going to be a continuation of, uh, of, of the story of the, of the word. Right? God created our amazing world. He put people in this amazing world and said, if you just... Just do it like I ask you to do it, and things are going to go well. And people, and we know that sin entered into the world, and it became difficult, it became hard, and, and uh, things changed. And it didn't, didn't turn out like the good world that God intended it to do, right? And so because of that, hard times comes. And this is just a continuation of that, of that, um, uh, of that scripture. And then, uh, let's see, let's just, let me go ahead and read where we're at. Actually, I'm going to back up a little bit. I'm going to read it from my Bible. Um, it, so uh, for you, for in the back, I'm going to read some scripture. Um, I'm going to start in verse 10. You don't have it. You can just pick up in verse um, uh, 13. Uh, chapter 3, 2 Timothy, chapter 3. It says, but you, everybody say, but you. We're going to talk about that in a second. But you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with the persecutions and sufferings that came, with, uh, to, came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecution I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from them all. And yet the Lord rescued me from In fact, all those who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 
Evil people, here we go. Evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you, and you know that it was from infancy that you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. For all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, for correcting, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I want to talk about for a second this word, this phrase. Um, I told Julie um, that I could have, we call this script, this study is unshakable. And the idea was, how do you stay? This letter was written to uh, Timothy, who was, who was leading a church in Ephesus. We talked much, a lot over the last few weeks about what Ephesus was like, very ungodly, very like idol worship, all the things, sexual immorality, all the things that were going on. And so how do you become unshakable in a culture that is, is, is ungodly? And as our, we talked about as our, our um, culture becomes more ungodly and is becoming more ungodly, how do we as believers, how do we respond? Amen? And it's interesting, we, so we called it unshakable. How do you live in, a, in an ungodly culture and be unshaken by an ungodly culture, right? And, um, but I could have called this scripture as we've been diving into this, this teaching, uh, I could have called it uh, 2 Timothy, but as for you, right? I could have just called it, but as for you. Because really, when you start reading here several times, if, we've, if you've noticed over the last few weeks, we read this phrase or something like this phrase, but as for you, right? But as for you, these things, these people are going to come and they're going to be deceiving people. These people are going to come and they're going to, uh, 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 they're going to try to pour in this false doctrine, but as for you. And the focus is interesting that we, we, we need to make sure that we're, that we're careful not to keep pointing at the bad stuff that's out there. Amen? Got to notice that it's out there, right? But God would say to you, but as for you, stop pointing your bony finger because I've called you to something. I've called you to be something different. And I use this um, analogy. I don't know if I've used this in public, but I was thinking about it. It's like... Um, I use it, and it may fall apart, but that's okay. Analogies are never always perfect. But I thought about this. So I like to grill. And what if I started um, a grilling club? What if I started a grilling club? How many of y'all would come to a grilling club? Amen. Amen. So you, Julie said I would come and eat. Amen. And I got... Um, uh, Kelly over here, he does, he's a griller with his big green egg, griller. I am evidently, I've been called a fake griller because I have a pellet grill. <laughs> I have been shamed and there by, there, thank you. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> there by the grace of God go I in my, 
Because it's not, yeah, real wood, brother. That's what I've been told by Tyrone. Who's not here today? Tyrone would always call me out because he is like an expert. You know, he's one of those throwing logs and things. I mean, he's a, he's a, you know, anyway. But what if I started a grilling club? And what we did was we grilled, right? That's what we do. We, we're a grilling club. And let's say Zoe, wave Zoe. Zoe. What if Zoe said, hey, um, I'm going to start this stamp collecting club. I'm going to start a stamp collecting. How would that feel? For you? <laughs> and, and she was like, I'm a, I collect stamps, right? She collects stamps. And she grabbed a whole bunch of people, and she collected stamps. And then Zoe, one day, comes to our grilling club. Right? And says, says, hey, I want to come to your grilling club. You are welcome to come to the grilling club, Zoe. But what if Zoe starts taking her stamps, putting her stamps all over my grill? And starts promoting her and tries to transform my grilling club into her stamp club. <laughs> Listen, Zoe. <laughs> We have rules about our grilling club. This is for grillers only. You're welcome to come to our grilling club and learn how to grill. But you are not allowed to come in and push your stamp club. You do your stamp club, amen. Do your stamp club thing. But if you want to be part of the grilling club, this is what we do. Now, this analogy doesn't fully compare because... If you're in a stamp club, you're not going to spend eternity separated from Jesus. <laughs> That's good news, Zoe. It's good news. But my point is this. The story of the Bible is this idea that God has called a people unto himself. God has called a people to himself. Come out from among them and be separate. Moses gives all these laws. Hey, say, so you're about to go into this promised land. This, I want you to be different from the land you're going in to possess. Don't do the things that they do because they're stamp collectors and you're grillers. Does that make sense? We are people of God. We live by different standards. We live by a, a, a calling that we feel from God. We, 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 we stand firm on those things as people of God. He's called us to come out from among them and be different. That's why Paul says many times, all this stuff is going on, but you, Timothy, this is the way as a child of God should be and act and, roll, and, and do your life. This is how you love one another. This is how you treat other people. You don't treat people different. You, you treat people differently than people who don't call themselves followers of Jesus. But the people, if the people don't want to follow Jesus, that's on them. Amen? That's on them. But we as the people of God, we live by his definitions of right and wrong. That's what we do. And is it our place to always be pointing our finger and bad, 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 bad? You know what we should be? You know what he says before? 
he, he tells us in, in, in weeks past when we were reading um, early on in end of chapter two, if I remember right, he says, these things, you want to pursue something? Pursue love. Pursue goodness. He tells us these things to pursue. I don't know about you. I don't have time to really to judge a whole bunch of other people because of me trying to get me right with God. Me trying to do right before him. Other people can do whatever they want to do. I don't have to like it. I don't have to like what it does to our culture. I don't have to like it. But Paul tells Timothy, in the midst of an ungodly culture, Timothy, you know the biggest thing you need to to be focusing on is yourself and how you live. Amen? And so the warning is simply this. The warning is simply this for us. Is we got to be careful that we're not always just pointing our finger. And we're, uh, I'll get my head on myself. But there's other things that we should be doing, and we'll get to that in just a minute. Does that make sense? It's good to be a griller. Those stamp collectors. Mm. That's where it falls apart, right? So he says, then he says this. He says, he talks about like, um, let me go here. He talks about all the persecution, right? We read that. And then he says this, evil people and imposters will become worse and worse. Become, no, I added that or other worse. Become worse, deceiving and being, don't add to the scripture. Mm. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Always question what I say. I'm not even kidding. Go back to the scriptures. Study to show yourself approved. Evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. Well, watch this next word. But as for you, right? Let's stop right there. Um, some of you, and, and you got to free me. So I'm, I'm a child of the 80s. There was a, there was a group. There's two guys that became really, really popular back in the 80s. Thank you. <laughs> Millie Vanilli. Girl, you know it's true. <laughs> Millie Vanilli, if you don't know, how many of you have never heard of Millie Vanilli? Well, raise your hand if you've never heard of Millie Vanilli. No, raise your hand proud. All you, all you, all you millennials and Gen Zers, raise your hands. <laughs> What's that? Ow, ow. <laughs> no. Millie Vanilli was a, a uh, couple, two guys. I say I had their names. I don't remember their names. But um, it wasn't Millie and Vanilli. They had real names. But anyway, anyway, I just thought about putting it in, in this morning as, into my message. Millie Vanilli, they basically... They actually, um, these other, other two guys uh, sang the song in the studio. And these guys would go out and they would perform it and lip sync it like it was their own. It was crazy. Millie Vanilli. They were super popular. If y'all are in the, from the 80s, you remember. Some of y'all remember. You're like, they're not singing? Oh, my. It was like a big deal. It was like a big controversy and like 
You know, it was all over all the headlines and millions and millions of frauds, you know. They were imposters, right? Um, so they were imposters. They were pretending to be somebody that they weren't. Another, maybe this one will, um, there, maybe this other imposter you'll maybe a little bit more familiar with, some of you may be, Frank, Ab- Frank Abagnale. How many of y'all know who Frank Abagnale is? Frank Abagnale is uh, made famous by all of his antics, but also from the movie Catch Me If You Can. Frank Abagnale actually impersonated a doctor, actually a doctor here in, not here, this is Cherokee, over in Cobb County. He's like famous, like he was actually over in Cobb County, over at Cobb General. He worked the night shift as a, in, a, in the labor and delivery. As a, as a under, like a 17-year-old impersonating a doctor. He actually went on and actually he became a pilot for years, years. Impersonated a pirate, uh, not a pirate, a pilot. <laughs> and a lawyer. And then at the age of 19, he got a job in the Louisiana Attorney General's office. He also did check fraud to the tune of like $3 million in check fraud and was chased for years by the FBI as before he was 20 years old. It's a fascinating story. Fascinating story. <laughs> he says, Paul says, impersonators, imposters will continue. So Frank Abagnale, Millie Vanilli, they were pretending to be somebody that they weren't. They were putting on a show, pretending to be somebody, and pretending to have all the qualifications, pretending to have all the skills, to be something that they weren't and fooled tons of people, (laughs) three million dollars worth of people, right? And so um, I don't really suggest that movie Catch Me If You Can. There's some sketchy, just saying, just warning out there. Just because I mentioned a movie doesn't mean I agree with everything. Okay, okay, we're good. So. Yeah, be careful. You gotta, you gotta, sometimes you got to say things. But these, this thing, he says those imposters will come and bring deception. Let's see, where does it say? It says evil people and imposters will come worse, deceiving and being deceived. So just like Ephesus, there's that here. That there's people out there and the same warning that Paul gives Timothy, guys, we need to heed as well. Because, listen, the devil's, I've said it before in our church, but the devil's number one tool is not sickness. It's not even sin. It's not even, it, the, his number one tool has been and always will be deception. Deception. Adam and Eve in the garden. What was, what were, they were just tricked, they were just tricked. No, they weren't, they were deceived. What is the deception for Adam and Eve? Eve, a couple of things. Go ahead, go ahead, eat from it. You'll be better for, it'll be, you'll be better off if you just do this. 
And then also the other deception is, you know, God, he's holding out on you. That's the deception, right? A lot of, a lot of our quote-unquote sin is go ahead, do it against God's ways. You'll be better off for it. And God is holding out on you. There's other ways. It's not, it's not so stringent. It's not so blah, blah, blah. It's not so... Be careful because there's people, just like in Paul's day, just like in Timothy's day in Ephesus, it's here today. The people, they'll say things. We'll get into it a little bit more next week. But they'll say things. It sounds good. And man, I wish it was true because they're so convincing. Be careful. That when, when, I, when I say things like this, another reason why we wanted to do a, second, a study of 2 Timothy is actually I heard of the, one of the best compliments last week. It said, you doing this has helped me and encouraged me to read my Bible. Like, that's amazing. Just read your Bible. Because, listen, if we go outside this, if we don't know this, then we can be deceived. We can be deceived, tricked. People saying things that aren't true. Go ahead, just grab that revenge. You'll be better off. You'll feel better. It'll make you feel better. If you just say all those things, make you feel better. It's deception. You know that, you know that girl at work, she'd probably make a better wife. Because you know what? She talks really nice to me. Careful. It's deception. It's a snare. You know that guy, for you ladies, that guy at work? Man, he just, he just knows how to talk to me. My husband doesn't know how to talk to me like that guy knows how to talk to me. You're pulled away. Through deception. I know God says not to, but <sighs> the Bible is just another book. It's just another book. It's no different than any other book. You know that guy on YouTube? He sounds like he knows what he's talking about. He's studying, he knows all the Greek words. Will? Will studies language. I got to be careful this morning. Will's here. Just kidding. Will's a great guy. He's a great guy. That guy on YouTube said this about this and about that. Yeah. It's really, it's crazy. The amount of things that are out there to bring deception. I, I sometimes... In, in my own YouTube feed, I, I see things like that, and I just, I just cringe. I go, that's not true. That's not true. You know what? Or how about this? How about this deception? You go into church, and you go, nobody talked to me this morning. I just don't belong there. We, we all realize that church is a group of imperfect people. So if you're expecting perfection, from the people in the church, you're deceived. You're deceived. 
you're, you're deceived. If you expect, when, when you leave and go and you point our finger at the church, careful. You may have, there may be some validation to it, but just remember they're imperfect people. Amen? Not, and that's not saying what people did is okay. It's, we're imperfect. Hmm. This happened to me and I'll be scarred forever. Deception. Deception. Well, could you be scarred? Yes, yes. Things hurt. They have repercussions and they cause damage. Yes. And Jesus is the healer of the brokenhearted. I can never be healed and restored in my mind. And the list goes on and on. Paul warns about deception. Deceiving people. Deceived people deceive others. Deceived people deceive others. That, that, that should, I don't know about you, especially for me as, as a teacher, if you feel called into the ministry, that scripture should give you holy fear. Should give you holy fear. Because God's given you a platform. If God's given you a platform, oh, that's why God says there'll be a greater judgment on those who teach. And then he uses this word that not only imposters, but evil people. He says evil people. This word evil, um, I read this in the Cornerstone uh, Bible commentary. He says, they say this, the uh, evil, the word evil here means that one who entices, they're going to use some words here, but just be careful. One who entices to impious action by apparent pious. Layman's terms. It means that someone who looks godly and uses godly appearances to deceive. Somebody who looks godly and uses godly appearances to deceive people. Be careful, church. Be careful. Because, listen, Deception doesn't work unless it sounds good. Deception doesn't work unless it sounds good. So we see like there's going to be deception. His number one tool is deception. Whether it's your own mind and your own thinking or theology or whatever it is, his number one thing is deception, to deceive. And we see it if you, just, if you read this, this letter in 2 Timothy, you see evidently in Ephesus, this deception and false doctrine was a big, big deal trying to creep into the church. And so he says this, continue in what you have learned. Continue in what you have learned. And what's the basis of the things that you've learned? All scripture. All scripture. Is what we say is God breath. It's breathed out of God. All scripture is God breathed. And, and I understand that when, when Paul writes this, he's, He's most likely mainly talking Old Testament, uh, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. But also there were sacred writings even of that time, right? And what actually a lot of those actually became part of our New Testament. So all scripture is God breathed. And it's used, it's breathed out by God. If, if, let, me, let me just say this, I'll say it like this. If you're in a stamp club, there's rules and regulations in the grilling club that aren't about you, right? There's the handbook. We in this grilling club have a handbook. This is how we grill. This is what we do, right? 
So in, in, the, in, the, in the Christian club, okay, we have a book. And we believe this book. We believe this book to be the word of God. We believe that this book, according to Paul, is good for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and basically helping to do things right before God. This book, this book is so important to our lives. This is our manual. This is our handbook. This is our grilling handbook. Amen. Grilling in the kingdom of God. They're the same. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. My daughter. No, we're the stay-up people. This book is our, is our life. Right? Amen? There's, there's many people. There's been, there's been wars fought over this book. There's been arguments over this book. There's been disagreements over what this book says and doesn't say. Amen? So what do we do with all that? You know what we do? But as for you, you get in there, and you study, and you read. The things that you have learned in your past and people that have taught the Word of God, don't just throw those things away. We, we, we are in the midst of a cultural shift in how we think ab about this book. And, and the lines are really being drawn. And that's why I use the, the club analogy. Because the lines are going to be drawn. This is our manual. And this is, let me just say this about all the arguments and all the discussion. You know, if you, many times the arguments and discussions can be broken down to little minute parts of what Scripture says. Many times, as far as salvation, as far as your walk with God, it's, it's not really that big of a deal. We fight over things that aren't that big of a deal. But then there are things that are a big deal, right? Jesus addressed, um, man, I'm going way, I'm, I'm, this is not even in my notes, so help me, Holy Spirit. Jesus came in and brought correction to the religious people because they were doing all the right, they were trying to do all the right things, and their motivation of their heart was off. And they were harming other people, right? Amen? They were harming other people in the name of God, using the Bible. That's not okay. And Jesus called them out on it. Amen? Jesus is always a lifter. He's always an encourager. But he's always quick to call out God's definition of right and wrong as well. So how do we, I would, I would encourage you, just, and, and I believe this, one of the biggest things, oh, here's the deception. I can't understand my Bible. I can't understand it. The question is, when I read that scripture, did you understand what he was saying? Let me read it again. Evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. 
But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe. You know who taught you, and you know that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures and are able to give you wisdom for salvation through Christ Jesus. Are we getting confusing yet? Pretty plain, pretty plain. All scripture is inspired by God, pretty plain, and is profitable for teaching and rebuking, for correcting, for training, and for in righteousness. So that the man of God may be equipped, or woman of God, may be equipped for every good work. See, what we do is we lie, when people lie and say, the Bible's hard to understand. That's English. And if you don't like that English, we have the NLT which we new, new Living Translation will actually make it even more helpful for you. And if that's not enough, you can go to old Eugene Peterson and the Message Bible, and it's really, he lays it all out. Amen? The Bible's not hard to understand. If this book is going to be the thing that I base my faith on, I need to know the book. How do you know when you listen to something, whether it's off or not. I'm ahead of some of you and behind other people, but I've been studying this book for 33 years, diving into it. And you know what's amazing? Man, about when I was, early, when I was a young youth pastor, I don't know why I'm saying, is this okay? When I was a young youth pastor, I look back, this is crazy, this is crazy. I look back and I go, man, some of the things I used to teach, I don't even know if I believe that anymore. But you know what's crazy? You know what's wild? A lot of those students who are in my youth group are in ministry today, a lot of them. Even in some of my stuff that I would just go, oh, I didn't even know, I didn't even know the Bible like a, hmm. The whole Bible is like a one continuous story. Really? Like, a, like that's scary. And I was teaching. And those kids grew in wisdom. And they grew in knowledge. But you know why? Because I didn't point them to me. I pointed them to God. Through the scriptures. Amen? And the same for you. Look, you don't have to get it all perfect. There's some, there's some things that are non-negotiable. Jesus is the only way. If there was more than one way, he would never have to die on the cross. If there was more than one way, then Jesus died on the cross in vain. There's one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That through him we have life and life to the full. We have been given the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. He is our God. He is our comforter. He's the one who teaches me things. It's the Holy Spirit. Do you have the Holy Spirit this morning? Then as you read your Bible, uh, ask the Holy Spirit to interpret. Are you going to get it all right? Nope. It's okay. It's okay. Is this all right? The Word of God. This book will cause you to be unshakable. This book caused people in Ephesus to stand. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but in the book of Revelation, he addresses the people in Ephesus. Did you know that? 
the, the place where we're talking about. He addresses them. And he, you know what he says to them? I, I know, don't forget the, I know he says you've lost your first love. And that, I mean, that's huge. <laughs> but you know what he said? I know your deeds. I'm going to preach it already. I'm, I'm so messing up this morning. It's okay. It's all good. But you know what he says? He says, I know your deeds. Those false lies that people came in from the Nickelodeon, Nickelodeons. <laughs> Nicolaidans, Nicolaidans, right, Will? Isn't that right? Nicolaidans? Nicolaidans? What is it? Nicolation? Those guys? Those guys who are bringing in false doctrine? He goes, you know what I said? You know, know, know what Jesus says about that church? Hey, guys, good job. You know why? You rejected that words. I know, you're, I know all those things that Paul told you, all those things that Paul told Timothy to warn you guys about, you know what? You did it. You rejected all that false teaching. That's what we can do. All that stuff. You, you, you know what keeps us sane? Keeping the main thing, the main thing. This, this book is going to cause you to be unshakable. This book is what caused martyrs to give their lives for Christ. This book is what that was so imprinted in the heart of Paul that he'd be beheaded for his faith. Not too much longer after this book, this letter was written. Throughout history, this book has been the the stabling force of Christians since Jesus. Actually, even further past there to the Israelites, God's word. The Bible says that God's word is like a mirror. It's like a mirror that I can look into his mirror. And and the mirror tells me what kind of me, what kind of man I am the word of God, and what tells me what kind of man I should be. It can tell me that I got this eyebrow I need to shave off because it's growing weird. I know that because of the mirror. Amen? I know because the word of God looks at me and says, you know what, you were sure sure were harsh to your wife yesterday. That's a real story, actually. And And the mirror tells me and brings me correction. And it rebukes me. And it makes me the man of God I should be. The the mirror, God's word. I am not going to be a Millie Vanilli. I am not going to be a Frank Abagnale. I'm going to be a real man of God. To be like Jesus is my goal. To be like him. Amen. Let's all stand together. If if this book, uh, Eric, you can come. This book, if this book is not a part, it, ideally, it's daily. Ideally, it's daily. But if this book is not a part of your routine, I would challenge you. 
This book is what's going to keep you from falling into deception. This book is what's going to keep you from listening to the lies of the enemy in your own head. You're not worth anything. You're not really welcome at that church. Hey, this thing that you're battling is going to be forever. If you don't know this book, and you don't know the hope that's in this book, not because somebody else preached it, because you picked it up and read it, and you applied it to your own heart, and it became the way you think. You realize that you can, some of you people that have been a Christian for a while, you can say this. It's so much easier to reject the lies when you have the Word of God stored in your heart. When it's in you, people say things to me, honestly, I'm, I'm just, this is not criticism for anybody. It's just huh, to inspire people this morning. But when you, when you hear deception, when I hear somebody preach, you know what happens in me now? I got like a revolving, what do you call this thing? Rolodex of scripture. And I go, nope. Because that violates this scripture, this scripture, this scripture. Jesus, when he, fought, when he went against the enemy, he used the scriptures. That's what we do. When you doubt your salvation, when you've deceived and thought your salvation was by your own works, the scriptures say, by grace you're saved through faith. And it's not of your works, lest any man should boast. But it's a free gift of God. Amen? Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God. It's life to me. I thank you, God, that you keep me by your word. I thank you, God, that you breathed out your word. All scripture is God-breathed. Father, will you help me be a person be humble, to walk humbly with you. God, would you help me know that in and of myself, God, I'm, I'm not always right. God, would you even help me to even know even now that there's some areas in my life that I'm deceived in? All of us. God, would you bring light to those areas? Would you bring help for me in those areas? Father, there's, there's things that we're doing that I know, God, that are against your word and your ways. God, would you, I humble myself and tell you, God, I'm wrong and you're right. I yield myself to you. But God, I thank you that I also know that God, sometimes I think of myself less than what you think of me. And God, I thank you, God, that that you remind me who I am in you. Not who I am in and of myself, 
but by the great blood of Jesus, I have been bought by you, and I've been seated in heavenly places with you, far above all principalities and minds. God, I thank you, God, that you have seated me. God, that you no longer <laughs> call me a servant, but God, you call me a friend of you. God, I thank you, God, that God, I have, God, I am a, I am a son of God with all of the privileges of being a son of God. God, I thank you, God. And I thank you, God, that you filled me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that you've called me a light of the world, that everywhere I go, God, I thank you, God, that people see through me and see you. God, I thank you that you've given me power and authority. We thank you, God. We receive it by faith and faith alone. And because of the authority of the word of God, we thank you for that. Your word. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. I thank you, God. If you're in this place and you need to get things, as the old preachers say, you need to get things right with God. Some of you have walked away from Him. Some of you are thinking about walking away from Him. Some of you are trying to figure out what you believe about all this stuff anymore. I would encourage you, look to Him. Look to Him. People have wronged you. People have said things that were untrue. I've kept challenging you. Look to him. If that's you in this place and you say, I need to get things right. The wonderful thing about God is he's faithful and just to forgive you and to welcome you back. Though the prodigal left, the father was waiting for him to be returned. Maybe you're at that prodigal place this morning where you've come to your senses and say, I just want to go back to God. If that's you, I'm not even going to, I just feel led. I'm not even going to lead you in a prayer. All you have to do is something to the effect of, forgive me, God. I want to come back. And I thank you that the blood of Jesus allows me to. Just you and him, right there where you're at. Don't, don't miss this moment. Because you won't have this moment this afternoon. Maybe. Probably not. Just do it right there where you're at. Jesus. Jesus, God, we love you. God, would you help all of us? God, be followers of you. God, help us to walk humbly before our God. Humbly before you. We thank you, God, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? This book, I'm telling you, bestseller for years and years and years and years. Amen? Well, I guess it's still a bestseller. I mean, most people read it on their, on their yeah, bestseller ever. 
And I guess this bestseller will be interesting to see because most people read from their tablets. Which is dangerous if you're like me. Because I go, well, I'm going to look up this. And then I'm looking up some other things that have nothing to do with Bible. Ah, you all right? We're going to be unshakable, amen? Because we've hidden the word in our heart, amen? We're going to be people of God. When we go out there, we're going to show the people that we are grillers. No, I mean, no, no, no. We are, we are, you can show me that you're a griller. I'm just saying that right now. Like, you bring it, bring it, bring it to the house. Show me you're a griller. But even better, we're going to leave this place and we're going to show the world that we're followers of Jesus. And maybe not the followers of Jesus that they thought about, but I like to say it like this. We're going to be accurate representatives of him everywhere we go. Amen? Amen. It's our, it's our commission. Amen? So let's say it one more time. I am what God says I am. I am through the power of Jesus, the light of the world. God shining through me to other people for his glory. In Jesus' name. Say, I can do those things in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have an amazing week.